0: They say this is a big, rich town. I just come from the poorest part. Bright night city life. I gotta make it. This is where it goes down. I just happened to come up. What's going on, everybody? Welcome to another edition of Power After Hours, your favorite power podcast. I am your host, Jeff J., and Jeff J. is solo. And if you know anything about my background, you know... This is a familiar situation for me. And situations will arise. And that's an elegant way of saying that. A lot of my co-hosts this week all had big things to do. And I had to get this podcast out one way or another. I pushed it as much as I can. Let me tell you, I'm looking at the watch. I'm sitting on my couch like, oh, man. I gotta record this joint, and I can't. I can't leave y'all out there hanging. So it's gonna be me. It's gonna be you. It's gonna be Power Season Five, Episode Three. Are we on the same team? We're doing the recap, and we're answering your questions. Shout out to everybody who's hitting me up on social media, hitting the Nonstop Culture account, hitting the fan, hitting the Fan Bros Show account. Leaving that in because you know. I, I don't got to talk that. at all. So, hitting the Fan Bro Show account, hitting me, hitting the email, sending in your answers, because we're going to get to the bottom. I, I got real-life answers. I got digital answers. I got... I'm, they about to send Ravens for answers for power at this point. So, <laughs> you already know what it is. So, let's, let's talk. Let's talk about this show. All right. So, first off, this investigation that Blanca Rodriguez is having against Ray Ray and... To a bigger extent, Angela. At this point, she works for internal affairs, so she's knows to have discretion and to discern everything and anything. And she has a feeling that Angela's involved. And she continues to run into coincidences, <laughs> convenient coincidences that involve Angela. She speaks to Detective Larry, who's the main detective hand- handling the case. And he tells her about the discrepancies in Tariq's account versus what they're hearing from eyewitnesses. On top of that, he lets her know. Ray Ray was at the school and Angela Valdez was asking about Ray Ray being at the school. So Angela's always involved in something and Blanca knows it and Angela knows it. So the only way she could do it and you know, shout out to Angela and Tasha Tasha, continuing to have these conversations at this clandestine diner where nobody knows who they are and they're able to talk about nefarious, dirty deeds in the comfort of the public. So, She decides, yo, I have to quell this situation and stop Blanca before she gets to the bottom of everything and we all go down. So she gets Donovan to pull the Fed card, say it's part of the investigation, and you can no longer look into Ray Ray. Miss Blanca takes all the files. She knows. And she even says it to Donovan, yo, your boss, his hands is all dirty in this. She don't got the proof. She don't got the proof yet. So what I predict is Blanca is going to continue to push regardless of this Fed investigation. She's going to continue to quote unquote stumble onto the evidence that she has in front of her and eventually find a way to tie everything together in a way to approach Angelo or get at what is the real issue and solve it from there. Another thing about y'all girl, Angela, man, she I guess she's consistent in her blatant lack of judgment. You run into some random dude from D.C., Steve Tampio, a director of public. What was it? What was his title? I'm trying to think of it now. Um, Director of public enrichment. That sounds like a Tommy job. Like you don't have no job. That sounds like a Tommy job. First off, secondly, you run into him. He tells you he's from out of town. And then he treats you to dinner. Now, you know, I ain't one for taking away women agency and blah, 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 blah. But I'm just going off of Angela and her decisions. Maybe she should not be dealing with anyone even remotely tacitly tied to her case or her job. Look at how the situation with Knox turned out. And granted, a lot of that had to do with her sleeping with a married man and cheating on him. Um, and getting engaged in that behavior, but you haven't shown the best judgment. You just got out of a situation where you could have gone down with Ghost, with Tommy, with Lobos, with everyone because of your involvement and you're repairing your reputation. And I don't think sleeping with some random dude in D- from D.C. that's a part of your overall organization who we still don't know what his ultimate angle is. Think about um uh think about Sandoval, how he infiltrated. He was a pawn for Lobos, he was a sleeper cell. Nobody knew. So why wouldn't you be a just a tad, a skosh woke, and show try to figure out who this dude is before? You're going out to dinner and you're apparently sleeping with him. You in hotels, you showing him your phone low key. Like even though you, you turned it off, it, it that ain't no iPhone. It looked like a burner phone. So you can't even, uh, I didn't, I didn't see any, uh, touch ID. I didn't see none of that. And she's handing him the phone when he's like, yeah, he does a smooth move to take it away. But really, seriously, I don't know. She falls into her own pitfalls. And it's like, you have Google Maps, you have you have Apple Maps, you have Eyes, you have Instinct, and all, all of that be damned, you're going to fall in that damn hole once again. So I don't know what she's doing, but it's getting harder and harder for me to think that she gets out of this season unscathed in any way. Now we talk about Dre's issues with his new organization. He passed on... That unprudent killing, two bits did of Lorenzo to Arturo in order to assume proper control of the Toros locals, gain his trust, and have him take responsibility and claim that he killed Lorenzo. So what does he do? Uh, Diego Jimenez. Yo, Diego's always with the smoke. He's the epitome of the drug lord with too much time on his hands. This dude just wants to see action. He's in New York. He don't care about the feds. He wants to see Arturo deliver street justice to the dudes in his organization who are still siding with Lorenzo's faction. And he also, I think wants to know if this is all real. He hears the same chatter. He probably hears more chatter than Dre is aware of. Diego's like the parent who already knows you've been fucking up. And then he looks at you and says, have you been fucking up? And you are trying to think of the best way to say no when the answer is blatantly yes. And he knows already. I feel, I get that feeling in my bones that he he has the intuition and just wants to see what Dre says. And Dre is a type... He going to tell you it's all good. I got it covered. He's going to speak for you. He's going to speak for you and get the best answer. And Diego ain't hearing none of it. He's present when Arturo has to take those dudes out and also gives Dre a warning like, yo, you can't tighten up your org. So I'm going to put Cristobal as your number two and randomly out of nowhere, uh, uh, a extra slight warning about looking at Alicia, his sister. Now, I didn't see any type of tension, maybe slight tension uh, from last season towards them, but nothing too crazy. It, it seems like Dre is focused on the task in front of him, but you know sometimes it's the big brother you got to throw, or the little brother, the brother period, you got to throw those warning shots out there just so that dudes know to, to lay low, stay, stay low and fire in the other direction because uh, sister girl is <laughs> off limits. So... That that may be a tell into what's going to go on. Maybe a possible way that this whole... One of the many ways this whole thing can blow up in Dre's face is letting your carnal desires get in the way of business. And not to mention, 2 and Spank, they're not really feeling losing that credit for killing Lorenzo to Arturo. And Kanan is the one who is able to plot on it. And and that's the one thing about, about Kanan. We really don't... Give Kanan, you know, see Kanan, we see 50 Cent, I get it. But as a character, this dude is a master manipulator. He's a strategist. He always is up to something. He always has something brewing. And it almost seems like he has an A or B plan. And then if it all goes to shit, then he's getting everybody out the pain. And you could see that when they're, when him, Ghost, and Tommy are talking. And they're trying to decide what the hell what's the what's the bare priority killing dre or killing the Jimenez? Kanan is just throwing out whatever ideas you already know ghost wants dre dead for everything that happens so his whole his whole idea is yo, I know this dude two bit has an issue with dre he's <laughs> he he's ready to flip so I'm gonna flip him and as a secondary thing kanan his ulterior motive is to get Tommy out of there and and reclaim and and gain that new organization. Tommy needs to wash money for Mitich, Jason Mitich, as we saw last episode in that stupid-ass scene where he rolls up on the whole crew and then condemns them to a life of indentured servitude until they can pay their debts <laughs> out of nowhere. So he has to wash money. He's, he's asking ghosts to, to do it through truth. Like the old days, ghosts don't want to do it. So Kane is like, yo, I'll run it for you. I'll sell product. I'll, I'll wash money. Like, let me know. And Tommy does really doesn't want to deal with him. But if we know anything from Tommy, Tommy makes impulsive decisions based on the, the task at hand. So he tells him, hit me the money up front and you're in. So Kanan, being Kanan, you know, he really worked that situation, getting two bits to tell him about everything going on, flipping, <laughs> painting the picture that Dre was the one that that killed homeboy uh, Brock and w- when Kanan was the one who put him in the position to kill Brock because technically Dre did, but painting the picture of Dre being this loose cannon that don't really listen to anybody. And also he finds out about Cristobal taking two bits, gambling ring. That's how he gets the money. Sticks dude up with. I think it was Spank a uh, two bit that wasn't part of that robbery. Which is, I'm, I was trying to see who the other two was. I wouldn't be surprised if it was them. And yo, know, Kanan's a wild boy. I I wonder how. I don't think he's ever met Cristobal in person, which is why he didn't try to hide his voice. Cause his voice is very distinct. He had the mask on and he robbed the, he robbed him for the spot and got the money to give to Tommy to wash. But remember that we're dealing with voices and and overhearing voices. Uh, the lady all the way back from the pilot who recognized Ghost's voice last season and wants to try to um, build a case against her lost boyfriend Cristobal is going to remember Kanan's voice. And when he hears it again, he's going to know that's the dude that robbed me. We'll see if they have that type of confrontation. But this is Kanan. Kanan is setting up his plan. He's getting all his ducks in a row and he's integrating himself into Tommy's organization. And he's primed to take it over. Tommy do not even know. And Tommy, Tommy has all these issues, man. Like, he's the one who, you know, he wears his. Daddy issues on his sleeve. And you can see he wants nothing more than to believe that he could be a made man one day and he finally has a dad. And you see him clowning with Kanan about that when Kanan's like, yo, take him to a ball, go to a ball game with him, play catch. I don't know. I ain't have a dad. Like, embrace it. Like, you know, you see him t- joking about that because he doesn't know whether Taresse's on the up and up. And honestly, I'm not really too sure I am either. That was a nice little twist where Teresi was up for uh, his sentence being commuted. His lawyer put it in and mocking them want to cut a deal where they won't interfere if he helps him with Tommy. But he claims he was trying to set this up the entire time to flip on Tommy because he doesn't really have a connection to him and he's trying to get out. Now, Why would a made man snitch all of a sudden on a dude he didn't know? Or snitch? Period. It seemed like he was sitting in the box for a while because he wasn't going to snitch. So why snitch now? That's why I'm like, I'm I'm thinking to myself, is he triple crossing right now? I I have no, I have no idea at this point. But Tommy's been asking around. He asked Keisha in that scene where he's trying to get the rekindle slash get some advice. Slash probably more so the Rekindle, but Keisha lets him know, yo, you got to figure this out. If you're going to figure it out, you got to know somebody who knows him or could find out the answers. And that's how we reel Proctor back in. Who Proctor, yo, he's just trying to prosper, get his law degree, be able to do whatever it is he has to do. And Tommy keeps pulling him in, ask him about Uh, what he knows about his, his dad. What about Teresi? Like, is he flipping? Is he snitching? And oh, by the way, do you know anybody who launders money? (laughs) You know, Proctor, and he had a, Tommy had a point. Proctor could make money. Yeah, maybe not legally, but he could make mad bread outside of law. He can offer a suite of services at your disposal. Like he could be the premium brand for gangsters looking to handle their business in a sophisticated way with class and grace. <laughs> so, you know, he assures Tommy that from what he's hearing, there's no snitching going in, uh, involved. It's an on the up and up. It's a straight commutation sentence. So I think that's the reassurance, all the reassurance Tommy needed. But he's somebody who always remains suspicious. So I wouldn't be shocked if he's still a little tentative around him, but Tommy's been known to blab his mouth to somebody who he genuinely trusts and really loves. So if he makes that connection with Teresi, all the tea is going to be spilt and he's going to become the ultimate liability. And that brings up the dark horse to get killed this season per our, our panels and everybody from the previous two episodes of Power After Hours. So, you know... Tommy, if if Tommy, and Tommy definitely wasn't listening to his mom either, who, who came in and told him the dude is the devil. And I thought one of the most important issues or the important things that she said was, my son knows better than this. My son knows better than this. You're not really his son. You got to know the type of duty is and know. Why? Ask yourself why? And maybe it is too good to be true. But we will see what he does with that information. Um, there was a. Uh, Tasha was very prevalent in this episode. Tasha really wants Kanan dead. Like, there's no gray area around it, there's no ambiguity. It is without a shadow of a doubt. She wants that man dead. And she expressed that to Ghost when, you know, Ghost all of a sudden is the Punisher and he's killing people who've. Done wrong in their life by decent individuals, <laughs> drunk drivers, crooks, criminals. Ghost is patrolling the streets. I, 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 I'm trying to see if he lives in Hell's Kitchen at this point. The way he's operating in vigilanteism, and even Tasha tells him, like, "Yo, how many people you think it would take to make you feel good about Ray Ray killing Raina? That's not going to bring her back." And you see the um, Dale and his uh, and his wife, they uh, Jessica, they they. You could tell he's a little happy, but they're still hurt. Their son is dead. He's not going to come back. And on top of that, they think he's a suspect because he damn sure was on some, yes, he deserves to die. I hope he burned in hell. You happy now? <laughs> he was on that tip with this dude, that, uh, the drunk driver. So on top of not being able to be the one to pull the trigger or to stab him up, now nah, he's a suspect. So how does he really feel? You know what I'm saying? Like, is he really, you really over it? And this is the thing with grief. How do you deal with the grief? And is it an effective way? Tasha going to these sessions is an effective way for her to finally get over Raina. But Ghost, this dude is damn near stalking Angela. He's, he, he, he's operating as like the ghost of Hell's Kitchen and he's killing people. And he still has his life in shambles. That's why Tasha tells him, yo, if you're going to, if you're, if you really want to feel better about somebody, kill Caden. He's the dude who's the linchpin at the whole, uh, the whole point of this. And as we brought up in previous episodes, you can make a case that Ghost and Tasha are just as responsible, if not more responsible, for Reina's murder and Tyreek's life of crime. I'm calling him Tyreek like everybody else. Tariq. Tariq's life of crime. Than Kanan ever was. If anything. Kanan was going out for revenge from Jump. So when they set him up to go to jail. That started the cycle. That started the cycle where we are now. So you know. Chicken or the egg. Chicken or the egg. I don't know. I'm I'm seeing a lot of egg in Ghost and Tasha's corner. You know what I'm saying? Now this scene with Kanan. And Tasha, when they meet at Tommy's house, and she's trying to find him, where she he's holding her up, and they're they're going back and forth, and she's really she really gets at him, like yo, you know, you 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 do something to me, now you better <laughs> you better make it permanent because I will kill you. And you know he's always throwing that you look nice though, and holding her, and it's real aggressive. Now I know there was a wild rumor. There was wild rumors about what it is, why she has so much animosity towards him besides the obvious. Some rumors that he may be the father of Tariq, which I believe Courtney Kemp came out and said that's not true. And the reason why this would... And I know there's a lot of people out there, y'all, you know... Sentiment is split on power, to say the least, in terms of whether people think it's a good show, a bad show, they still watch it, whether it's off the cliff or 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 hanging on a thread, or people genuinely like it, despite. I, I think when it's all said and done, it's going to be ill to review power as a whole and look at what its impact was on the culture and to see that for other shows like Empire and others where... After like the third season, it complete. It was clear that it was off the rails. And while people still watched it in terms of social engagement and really uh, jubilance and excitement around it, it it wasn't there. It ain't the same. And I think power a lot of it where it's released earlier, so people have already watched it. So are you going on social to talk about it? Are you being respectful of the people who wait until nine or eight PM wherever it comes on? You could clearly tell I watch it early. And or, and when it's discussed, Mondays you usually see a lot of banter about it on social or, or Saturday morning or Sunday mornings. Um, I still see it. And I still see it at a high enough clip. I don't think anything will top the early seasons. That's just how it is for a lot of shows. But... Yeah, it's still being discussed, so who knows whether or not it's, it's gone off the rails like that, but that's a good question. Let me know what you think. Let me know if you think power has gone off the rails. I I'll do a, a poll on that and and see what people are thinking, um, but I don't think that they're, because the other thing is if he was Tariq's father, he would be Raina's father too because on the show, they're twins, so that would be a little bit too far-fetched for me, and we would be going into passion's soap opera territory. And I don't think we want to be there just yet or at all. So I don't think that it is, but I think a prior relationship is on the table. I think rape is on the table and I'm, I'm hoping, I'm hoping if that is the case, they handle it in a gentle manner. I don't think you really need it, but I don't know. There's something there, or maybe just Kanan's being an asshole like Kanan is. And that's a hundred percent possible. So, I'll, it's interesting to see what you guys think about that too uh, what do you think is the tension between Tasha and Kanan? Let me know with that as well um we're going to be on you know as always we're a simulcast on fanbro so you can comment on the Soundcloud page. you could comment on nonstopculture.com where we post or you could just hit us up on the socials and let us know what you think i'm I'm eager to see what you guys how you guys feel um about that situation. One of the big breakthroughs was Tasha and Tariq having that talk outside of Chote. Why is she dropping them off late at night? I don't know, but whatever. But they're having that talk about the real life. Keisha dropped, yo, Keisha dropped some knowledge and told her. like, And I think it's something we've all been saying. Where do you think your children get their deceitful, sneaky, hidden gangster about them? they saw their parents once that once ghosts went to jail and that veil was lifted they started kids know you know when your parents are bullshit and you know when your parents have hidden agendas and once you find that out coping with that especially as a teenager you're going to react in a variety of ways the same way how some kids They'll start smoking because they see their parents start smoking. They'll start drinking because they see their parents start drinking. Drugs, same thing. Depending regardless of the impact that could happen. This is what happened to the kids, and it was time, and it's time for Tasha to to clean slate and and let Tariq know at least to the extent of what it was. And she did. They had the. She gave him the backstory. She gave him why they were selling drugs. the kids, how they met. Everything, and Tariq was finally able to stop his damn line and admit he was out there when Raina got shot and he saw her and he, she chased after him and she stood up for him all the way to the end. And he, I think it was good for him to finally be remorseful too, because yeah, his character, man, it's not, he's not easy to like, like you already know how I feel. He's not an endearing character to say the least. And I think this gave his character a little bit more life and you, you start to realize he's a kid. He's really a kid. Now, I wish he would stop talking in that low voice where he sounds like a kid. Like, open your mouth and speak, bro. Open your mouth and speak. But I think his character's on the right path. Now, are they trying to... That was a question last week. Are they trying to make us like him? I don't think they're trying to make us like him. But that was a reminder he is just a child. He's just a child. He's a kid. He's a teenager. And we did a lot of dumb shit as kids. Did a lot, whole lot of dumb shit. And he is living up to that. So you remember, while he is, while he has done some bonehead things, he ain't perfect. And hopefully this may be, maybe this is his path to get better. And maybe it's too late. Cause you know, power is always ready to, to, uh, to, to snatch us up and, and really put us in a bad place. Now, one thing, this thing between Ghost and Tate, because you know I wasn't going to get out of this without mentioning Fancy. You know what I'm saying? Garcelle Beauvoir, she was on from Jamie Foxx show. She was the investor that Ghost and Tate were trying to woo to build this Queens housing center. And <laughs> I guess you can attract more more flies with... Uh, magnums than you can with vinegar right (laughs) because ghost initially gets shut down and then they they have a conflict because they're they're definitely him and tate are on two separate pages when it comes to this negotiating thing and you know tate is really trying to control him he's really trying to control him and ghost is used to being that dude he's used to being that dude that knows everything that needs to be done and can execute and his plans more often than not work this one he thought worked, but as far as Tate goes, it really didn't because he had a ghost reconvened with Linda to speak to her and, you know, Linda basically let him know, I hear what you're saying, but you're going to have to seal the deal. You know, it, it was great. Took off the wedding ring, told him bring the bottle and uh shout out to my guy, Dorian, who said how they left a whole plate of food, uh, a whole, whole ass meals on the table to go upstairs and he take the bottle. Like, listen... Fancy? Tell me, let's go upstairs and take the bottle, yo. I might sneak a bite. I don't care if we in the middle of first meal. I don't care if all seven courses came out. I'm up there early, on time, on time for that. So yeah, so you know, he gets, you know, he we get the classic power ghost banging out some woman scene, and you know, it was, it was nice. It was very nice, very nice. And Tate lets him know, like, yo. <laughs> You a hoe. You you legit a hoe because she was testing your professionalism and you just went and just dropped the dick on her and look at you now. Look at you now. You should have listened to me. But, you know, Ghost lets him know. You may think that I'm you're my pimp, but you tried to pimp out my family. You pimped out my daughter's funeral and let it be known. He gave him that tone, that undertone that said, you don't know who the fuck I am. And you're going to find out one way or another. We're going to work together, but It's quiet for everything else. I I still think Tate has some gangster in him. I think he has some gangster in him and something that we ain't seeing yet. And it's going to be ill to see it revealed. So, their dynamic and Ghost, yo, Ghost is the most powerless person on this show right now. Like, he lost all his swag, all his power, his whole organization. This dude was a king in season two. You know what I mean? At this point, I I'd rather trust I'd rather trust uh <laughs> Luke Cage running crime running running crime right now than uh than than Ghost at this point. You, shit. If Daredevil was a crime boss, if Iron Fist or any of them <laughs> Kingpin, Black Mariah, somebody like yo, cause cause New York is looking shaky. Downtown is looking shaky right now. So I, I don't know. I don't know. But we we're gonna see we're gonna see where that goes. Let me see. Beautiful people. If I forget got anything in that i think that's pretty much it Oh no, i like the episode i like yeah, i feel like it got back to classic power everybody turning on everybody you got to watch your back from all angles a lot of different plans in the works all the machinations moving at once where people are impacted by moves that they don't even know they're impacted by yet it's gonna be ill to see where they go so I I you know I enjoy I enjoyed the episode overall. Now let's get to your questions. I gotta pull up all these different forms of social. Let's see what it got. Let's see what it got. Let's go to the IG stories and shout out to y'all that hit me on the IG stories always. I'm using that new that new um question feature. You know, I, I appreciate your patience in this time as I figure that out. Cause you know, I wasn't gonna go the uh, you know, people was really ODM with these questions at one point. But I like the innovation that I see. I ain't a hater. If you use it right, it's I <laughs> for real. All right, so let's see what we got in the IG story. Power gotta chill with them sex scenes. Some of us here are not <laughs> Well, you know, my homie my homie sent me this and I'm not gonna say his or her name. Because, you know, I didn't get the permission. I got to asking for permission because I was definitely going to talk to him or her about it. But, uh <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're having a dry spell or you having a voluntary dry spell, now nah, you're not going to watch power because you're going to see sex almost every week. 90% of the season, you're going to see somebody getting they back blown out, getting hit from all angles. Got to hit them angles and the angle, hit from all angles. You're going to see all the angles. So, I don't know, you know, maybe you got to cover your eyes, like it's a scary movie if you still watch it, but I don't know Um, Jameer, what up Jameer you gonna hear him next week, co-host on the show Uh, I think that it's fucked up that Fancy fucked another JB that's insane to me (laughs) yo, shout out, shout out yo, shout out to JB Fox Um, well, he married her he married Fancy, so I mean it is what it is, but you know that woman fine, yo. She, you talk about aging like fine wine. He ain't even that old, per se, quote unquote, but whew, that's a, that's a grown woman. That's a grown ICN woman, bro. Like, yeah, I appreciate Courtney Kemp and the team at Power for, for, for giving me that moment. Like, that was, yeah, yeah. Let, let's have more of her, please. More, please. More, please. More, please. Um. All right, let's go to, let's go to Twitter. Let's see what y'all, y'all have to say. Um, shout out to my guy, Black Bruce Wayne. Got to get you on the show too at some point. You got to stop fraying acting like you're making all this money or whatever. Uh, <laughs> I, right, in your opinion, who do you think is going to get played first? Tommy getting played by Teresi or Ghost getting played by Tate? So I think Ghost already got played by Tate last episode. He got ambushed. Tate told him, we're going to talk about the press conference. And they rolled up at a press conference already in progress where he slated them to speak and he didn't know. He put photogs in Raina's funeral. Mind you, and Tommy says this in the episode, which is hilarious. Like, yo, why are you always on TV? Like, you don't comprehend what a criminal is? Like, your face is always on TV. Your voice is always on TV. Like, why are you exposing yourself so much? Are you trying to be like... A a, a gangster thought? Are you trying to be like the IG thought of criminals? Like, what is really going on with you? So, I don't think Ghost wants to be in those positions, but he's being placed in those positions forcibly by a dude who's a councilman. Old Dog is putting this dude in his place, bro. Like, he's been played. So, to that answer, I think Ghost has already been played by Tate. And I think it's only going to get worse until they get to the point where he's going to have to assert himself. And that is that. Next, Sean with a W. Sean, you heard him last couple of weeks on the podcast. Let's see what he has to say. How the fuck does Tommy Teresi, someone... Oh, well, he meant Tony Teresi, but... Teresi, someone in jail for life because he wouldn't flip on the mob. Get out in 24 hours because the feds believe he can get Tommy Egan to commit a crime. Now, in our Power TV group, we would probably call that a nitpick. He, shout out to Sean, because Sean always goes out the nitpicks. There's some bad ones. There's horrible ones in this group. Like it makes me want to toss my phone off of the highest roof. But this one, this one, I'll say it's a, it's a, it's a surface it's a, it's a nitpick in definition only um i cuz yeah <laughs> i think it's a nitpick, a uh, circumstantial nitpick right cuz he said that his bo- this at least this is how i took it y'all can tell me if i'm wrong if i'm if i'm if i have it messed up he said that his lawyer submitted the motion to commute his sentence that already happened i believe mock and sax were there to say we won't contest the commutation because I believe the way it happens is when you're up to commute your sentence, the prosecutors or whoever are supposed to make the case why they shouldn't let you back out on the street. And then you're supposed to get testimony from people who say you've been a good person, you've been doing this, you've been doing that. And then the the board makes a decision. That's how I, from from other shows that I've seen. And uh, I remember when, when OJ was getting his, when OJ was getting out, that that seemed like that was the case. It seemed similar. So, um, from all my knowledge, because I am not a lawyer, I'm not law is not my ministry. But this was already in motion. They were just saying, if you work with us, we're not going to block your blessings, and we may. And I and tacitly, I, impl- I think it was impl- implicated, um, implied that they they would they wouldn't contest it, and if if he got the information that they needed. So I don't think it happened within a span. Of tw- that meeting happened with a span of 24 hours, and then he got out. I believe the, the commuting thing was already in motion, and they just came in to say to sweeten it. So that's a that is a good question, though, and a good catch. And, and shout out to uh, whoever it was I, I had I had the like save. Let me go into my likes real quick. It's just it's just me and you guys. It's just me and you because I had this like it was hilarious. Like when I saw it. When I saw it, I thought it was a nitpick. I thought people were being extra, but then I rewatched the episode, and (laughs) yeah, yeah, dog. Like it was. So basically, what it was, I'm gonna see if I could find um, during this time. Find if if I can find the name of the person to tweet and give him a proper proper shout out. Um, So basically, they fucked up with the editing. Either they fucked up with the editing, or they simulated a whole bunch of time. In in Power, where, when, ah, here we go. Shout out to the boy, at T-H-E, the B-U-I-E on Twitter. Yo, shout out to you. He goes, uh, one day, then the next on Power, facial facial hair doesn't grow this fast. So, th- when he went to go meet Linda, a.k.a. Garcelle Bouvay, a.k.a. um Fancy, when he goes to meet her for that dinner, he has his, his, his beard is shaved. He has like a five o'clock shadow and the goatee, right? And then the next day, the, well, it seems like the next few, the next um, scenes, he has his full beard again. Like he has his full, like not just like a next level, he has his full beard. Now, as someone who has a similar cut to Ghost and fuck y'all in advance for all the jokes, that takes at least a week. That thickness, and I'm being generous. Those of you who have a beard, you already know. For, from when he had his face shaved to that beard, at least a week for me to believe that. Now, I don't know if the time jumped from that Linda meeting to when, when he was in the next scene. I believe it was the scene where he he calls Tommy at the end to tell him, like, yo, we can do the money wash again because he needs the bread that he was in the um the olive sweater joint. Yeah, he has his full beard again. Like his full full like his regular beard. And that was like yo, like I'm looking at like I I didn't want to believe it, but yeah. That was some horrible editing on their part. And and shout out to you know the viewers be on it, like 100% on it. So, you know, these are the things that happen and these are the concessions that we make at times for shows that we like and uh Hey, Powell got some issues, man. Powell got some issues, but, you know, overall, I still enjoy You see, I still, shout out to Hip Hop Wired, where you can read my power recaps. And I'm still podcasting, so we still here. Thank you guys so much for your questions. I really appreciate it. And continue to send them in. That is it for me solo style. I think it's probably going to be under 30 minutes, maybe 30 minutes or less, but you know, we had to talk to the people and we had to get our conversations going. So what I need you to do is this, continue to listen on anywhere where you get podcasts, Apple podcasts, Spotify, uh, Google play anywhere where you can, where, where you can hear them. Um, SoundCloud, of course, SoundCloud. SoundCloud is primarily where we're at with Fanbros. SoundCloud. If you if you're already a subscriber to the Power After Hours feed, you get you get the same feed that I've been publishing for the last three or four years. Uh, so you get that. You can follow me at Jeff J Says. Follow the accounts at Fanbros Show at NonstopCulture. Culture. Fanbros Show is where I'm podcasting primarily nowadays. Third member of the Fan Bro Squad doing reviews, doing interviews and the weekly Fan Bro Show podcast. We got a lot of things coming up, and we also got live shows coming to a coast near you. Before this year is over, you're going to see our beautiful faces going live and direct to you. So be sure to stay tuned to all the accounts, and you can follow me. I'm at Jeff J says on all social media. As always, I love talking about the show. I love interacting, and yeah, continue. However, y'all send your questions, y'all, y'all send them. Usually, I post them on my IG story every week, um, and use the question joint to collect questions. And fan bros will also, um, you know, if you in the mentions, I would hit nonstop culture because that's the original and. Send your questions there. I always send out a, a weekly tweet about your questions and the IG. We're covering it all. So send your questions. I want to make this as interactive as possible. Y'all y'all make the show y'all, with your questions, your comments, anything. I'm, I bring, like I said, I bring real life. I bring all of them. There's actually one comment that I heard this week. Shout out to my guy, Fresh Chris Law. I, I want to, I, I need people to talk with it for, because I think it's a great question and I'm not going to forget it because... It's something I'm going to be thinking about Throughout the series So stay tuned for that but That's it for me Thank you so much I appreciate the support I love the listeners I love what I'm doing That's it for Power After Hours Until next time I'll catch you later Peace Wait they say this is a big risk. Say what? I just come from... <laughs> Right like, city like this is where it goes down. Yeah, I just have to know, legal or baby, I gotta make it. South, south.